Okay, we are learning Daf Dalit. We're starting six lines down from the two dots. We're talking about the exemptions that were listed in the Mishnah. People who are part of the midst of Ali the Regal of coming up to the base of Mikdash and bringing a carbon. So he said, women, slaves, and Tumtum Badrakinus. Tumtum is the person who has the skin covering the general area. And Dragonus is someone who displays both male and female signs. So the Gemara says, Tan Rabbanan. What's the language of the Pasuk? The Pasuk says, Yerekel Zahorcha. So Zohar had it just said males, that would have been simple, it's Anashim, excluding women. But it didn't just say males, it said Zichorcha, which is a little bit your males, which is a little bit extra. We say not only are we excluding women, we're also excluding uh, from the fact that it says your males, Zichorcha, we're also Tumtum Veandrogenes. Kol Zichorcha, from the fact that it said Kol Zichorcha, the Rabbis of Tanra comes to include that Ketanim are also obligated. So that's the language of the bride. So the bride is making three points. And we're going to analyze them. The first point, that if it said males, that exclude females. If it says your males, Zichorcha, it excludes Tunzumadragonis. Point number three, Kol Zichorcha includes Ketanim in the mitzvah. So the Amar Mar, what do we say? Zachor Tzadinashim, that we have the fact that it says Zachor tells us women are pater. Frekti Gemara, Lamali Kra, why do I need a Pasuk to teach me that? Michti, analyze here. Mitzvah says, Shazman Kram, going up to the base of Mikdash is a positive mitzvah that's bound by time. That's the general rule. All mitzvahs my grandma, women are pater from. So why do I need the pasuk to exclude women? Of course, intuitively, I have no other pater. So the more answer is no, it's it was necessary. You may have thought to say, We have Xer Shava. It says Re'ia here by Alila Rebel. It says the word Re'ia of appearing in the context of Hakel, the mitzvah of gathering everybody together for the Kriya Torah once every seven years. So just as women are in Hakel, and we say that it's explicit in the Pasuk, that's explicit that the women are Chayev, even though it's a time-bound mitzvah there, it's explicit in the Pasuk. So I would say, based upon the Xer Shava, so too, by the mitzvah of Aliyah Regal, maybe women should be obligated as well. Maybe the Xer Shavah of Re'iyah should include women in the mitzvah of Aliyah Regal. Therefore, the Torah tells us elsewhere that, that it's not true. The Torah tells us otherwise, and women are pater, because it says males. Omar Mar, what do we add on to that? Not just that it's, could it have just said males, but it says zichor cha, So the Gemara says, I understand why for the androgynous it was necessary to exclude himself. You may have thought to say, what's an androgynous? He displays both male and female signs. So I would say, since he does have some side of masculinity in him, he's exempt. The it's not totally male. He has signs of the female as well. And the Torah is therefore saying that he is exempt, even though he has certain male characteristics. But since it's not full, he is exempt. So we can understand what the Havamina was by his Chayv and what the Pasuk therefore says that he is exempt. But for a person that just has the skin covering the genital, so it's just simply a suffix. We don't know if he's male or female. So why would I need a Pasuk? to say that he's exempt, even if I didn't have a Pasuk, intuitively I would say he's exempt. Why? Because I don't know that he's a Zohar. Now, let's analyze what's bothering the Gemara. It seems that the Gemara is bothered that if you wouldn't know if someone is a Zohar and a Keva, and Allah is only a Zohar, as Mechoyev in the Mitzvah, then intuitively you would know that the Tumtum is Pater, because you don't know that he's Chayev. Now, that makes sense if when you have a doubt, if you have to do a mitzvah, you're potter. If that, if that would be true, the Gemara would make a lot of sense. If a suffix or isa would be lakula, then the Gemara would make a lot of sense because since we don't know what the tumtum is, so anyways, any he'd be potter because it's a suffix of Yitzchayim, so why do I need the pasuk? The problem is that many Rishon mold suffix or isa is l'chumrah. When you have a suffix of song by Torah law, then you have to be machmer. So what's bothering the Gemara? If without the pasuk, I would say since it's a suffix, he has to do it. I need the pasuk to tell me he's potter.
So it could be that what's bothering the Gemara is something else. Maybe the Gemara is bothered that the Pesukim aren't speaking to us in our doubts. The Torah is speaking to someone as is. So a Tumtum, we may practically have a doubt if he's a Zachar and a Kiva, but what the Tumtum is, is a given. What's under the generals is under the generals. So we shouldn't have a Pasuk that's coming to exclude a Tumtum. He is what he is. So the Gemara answers, The Pasuk is talking about where the testicles are actually outside of the skin. So you're able to tell definitely that he's a male. But the point is that since the member is concealed, even though he's a male, the Torah is excluding him. So I would say, what are you talking about? We know he's a male, right? We see the testicles on the outside. And if the member, the mice, is covered, comes Says the Gemara, what do we say? The Rabbis includes that even Gatan Marchayim, how can we say that even Gatan Marchayim, the Mishnah said, that potter. So the Mishnah said cotton's potter, and the Brayzer says cotton's chayev. What's the answer? There's no difficulty. The is talking about when the child reached the age that he could be trained in the mitzvah. So therefore, there's a din of chinuch, and that's why he's obligated. With that, we're, t- we're learning up from the pasuk of Kol Zehorcha. Kan, whereas the Mishnah, when the child did not reach the age that he should be trained, so there's no obligation yet to bring him. So coming out that the Brayzer Obligating the kid is only a kid is gila chinuch. Frakti gemara kach gila chinuch drabanan. The chinuch is only a din drabanan. There's no din of chinuch by Torah law. Chinuch is a din midrabanan. So how can we bring a pasuk that includes the kids that are gila chinuch? Then, then, um, then why in the world are we using a pasuk for that? It's only a midrabanan principle that we say the kids have to be trained. So the says in Achanami, you're right. Really, the kid who is a gila chinuch is only mechuyiv drabanan. I we brought a pasuk across machta ma'alma. It was just a support, but it wasn't really a source. Kozo, um, and really, so if that's true, so what is the Pasuk really coming to tell us? It says, all the males. But on a biblical level, what is that word, all the males coming to teach? If it's not coming to tell to teach his kids, because kids is only Midrabanan, so what is it coming to teach? So the Gemara says, it's coming to teach us what the Tanoim, the Achirim, expound. The Tanoim says in the Brass of Achirim, somebody who scrapes. Scrapes what? So Rashi explains the idea is that he collects with his hands the excrement from animals. So he has a bad odor always. Masarf Nechosh is someone who um, works with the, the copper ore. And also, again, he has a, this bad smell about boards. He's someone who, who is a leather tanner. All these people, because of the bad odor that's with them, they don't have to go up to the base of the nation. It says all of your mouths. So the implication is all your mouths together. One is only obligated to go up if it's the type of thing that People, he would go up with other people in a group. These types of people are excluded because of their smell. They're not fit to go up with everybody else. No one would want, would want them to be with them, right? They have this bad odor that's coming out. So therefore, um, therefore we see that these people are potter because it's not kozuchorcha, they can't go up with everybody. Now, there's a big machluk, as we showed him, does this mean even if these people shower and, and smell good that they're potter just because their job makes them smell bad? Or is it only when they are actually in the state of smelling bad that they are potter? An interesting question. Or to word it differently, if, these, if this person who uh, works with the leather, is he obligated to go cleanse himself, make himself smell good, and therefore go? Which is an interesting, that looks like it's a dispute in the Rishonim. Okay, then we continue. What else did the Mishnah say? Women and slaves who are not free are potter for the mitzvah. So Zaktimar Bishlam and Nashim, we understand why women are potter Kadamar. And it's like we said, we said that uh, we learned from the Pasuk of Khurcha excludes women. How do we know that slaves are exempt? 
So the Gemara, right, they're not women. So the Gemara expounds, Amar Punal, Amar Kral, Pineha Adon Hashem. The Pasuk says, who should appear? Everyone should appear in front of the master Hashem. So the implication is, Mishi in Ella Adon Achad. Someone only has one master, that's a normal person who's free. He only serves HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he would be obligated. Yatsa said, therefore these slaves are excluded, Sheyeshlo Adon Acher, because he has a different owner, he has a different master, his human owner. So therefore it's an exclusion from the Pasuk. Only people who are their sole master would be HaKadosh Baruch Hu, those are people who are high in the mitzvah, but other people, like slaves who have separate owners and masters to begin with, they are exempt. Why do we need a pasuk to exclude the slaves from Re'iyah? This new din of Pnei Adon Hashem, let's analyze. The, uh, a slave is obligated in mitzvahs only to the extent that a woman is. That's the rule. The whole things that we learn in Zerah Shavah, where we learn to derive a common thing between the slave woman and a woman, and then we expound it a little broader for all slaves and women, and the extent that a slave is in a mitzvah is only in the same type of mitzvahs that um, a woman a woman is chayven. So if we excluded a woman, so then so then we should say. Um, we should say that, that, that a slave also is patar. So why do I need the pasuk, a new drasha, to say that a slave is patar because of Adon Hashem and these already have another master? Intuitively, I know that they're patar because they're only chayv and mitzvahs to the extent that women are chayv. So the Gemara answers, The pasuk is only coming to exempt someone who's a half-slave and half-free. So in this case, the half of him actually has a second master, but, um, and therefore it's patar, even though half of him is free, and is mechuyiv in the mitzvah to a full extent. So that's why we're saying that we need a pasuk, because without the pasuk, I would say, hey, half of him is free, so the half of him is free, he should be obligated. Kamash malah, and the pasuk is not necessarily coming to say that he's pater, because of a new zeir that the half of him, which is, which is a slave, has another master, so therefore the overall person is exempt. Now remember, we have to remember the Gemara said on that base, that this is all true, while the Mishnah Rishonah was true, Beitzil's opinion, that someone is a half slave and half free, and he stays that way. But Lamai saw, if they take an olam so that he can get married, we compel the master to free him, and therefore the Gemara said that Allah would switch. At this point, now he's a totally free person, he'd be obligated in the mitzvah. Dekanami, it's meduik as well in the mission. The mission said, it said, women and slaves who are not free. What does it mean they're not free? It means they're not free at all. Just say slaves. Obviously, a slave is not free. The implication is that they're not completely free. But they are somewhat free. Mind you, who is the person who's partially free? Someone half slave and half free. Shema, you know, we see from the wording of the Mishnah that that's what we're talking about, and we're excluding the half slave, half free person from the mitzvah of Riyah. Again, this is Ravina's interpretation. A new Din, even though he's half free, and that half free side of him is Mechuyiv in the mitzvah. But he's still Potter because the half slave in him won't be able to do it because it's Alpaneha, Adon Hashem. What else did the Mishnah say? In the lame person, the blind person, person who's too sick or person who's too old to walk by foot. It says in the Pasuk, Regalim. So literally, a regal means, it could mean a foot, but it could also it literally means a holiday, right? That's when we go up. But we say regal can also mean a foot, so probably and excludes people who have wooden feet. So wooden feet, someone has an amputation on the foot, and he gets an artificial wooden foot, and he could walk, but he's still father because he doesn't have regular feet. Another interpretation, anyone who can't walk is exempt because it says regalim, people walking with their feet. So what is that last line? Someone who cannot walk, what does that come to include? 
In other words, what is the novelty in that? All the other people couldn't walk by feet. So obviously, someone who can't walk is potter. So Maravala Asuye comes to include top of the base, Mifanki, someone who's very sensitive, someone who can't walk without shoes. He's very delicate. So Ba'asim, they could walk, but they can't walk without shoes. So they're Vaitor Potter Tersiv. He's followed us with Panai. When you come in front of me, we can show me Echem or Mosbachatayer, who asked you to trample on my courtyard. So the idea of Hashem is giving the Muslim for the people trampling on the courtyard is trampling is when you're wearing shoes. So therefore, we see that the idea is you don't wear shoes in the Azar. So somebody who can't walk without the shoes, therefore, is exempt from the mitzvah, even though they're physically able to walk 100%. But since the mitzvah requires you to appear in the Azar without the shoes, and these people are too delicate to walk without their shoes, therefore, they're potter from the mitzvah. Other people are potter. Tana, it says in the price of Ha'arel, someone who doesn't have a brismilah. Rashi says he didn't have a brismilah because his brothers died. So meaning it was a sakonos nafashos for him to get a brismilah, and therefore, he's potter. And we'll see what exactly the patur is for somebody who doesn't have a bris milah. Otherwise, you could learn the Gemara without Rashi that he willingly just was uncircumcised. And it's, Rashi's really a chiddish because the person who's uncircumcised because his brothers died, he's really an onus for the mitzvah. How can we penalize him for being uncircumcised? Hashem doesn't want him to get a bris. It would be sick for him, right? It would be dangerous for him. It's very interesting chiddish that Rashi still holds that person is a Aral. This machlok is Rashi and Taisus is found elsewhere in Shaz as well. An Aral can't eat trima. What is that? Only means someone who's willingly not giving himself a bris. Well, what about if it's a person who is medically it's too dangerous for him to get a bris? Would he also not be allowed to eat trima? Achloik is Rashi and Taisus throughout Shaz about this point. So the RL and the Tame, someone who is Tame Pterum Re'ia, are Pater from Re'ia. So what does that mean they're Pater from Re'ia? Not Stam, that they don't appear. Obviously they don't appear because you can't show up when you're Tame in the Beis HaMikdash. It's, it's Mamash and Esher Karas. But the bigger Chiddush is that they're not obligated to send a carbon to the Beis HaMikdash with a Shliach. That's the point. You would say, very good, very good, don't show up. But maybe you're obligated in Re'ia. Remember, Re'ia is to show up and send the carbon. So maybe you'd say, even though they're not showing up, but maybe they should send a carbon through an agent. And we're saying that no, the RL and the Tame are Pater from Re'ia. So the Gemara explains. Especially we understand the person who's Tommy doesn't doesn't isn't a chayv. He's not going to send his carbon to chayv. What's the aside? When it talks about bringing carbonos, it says coming and bringing. So the idea we juxtapose is that only someone who's eligible to come into the azara is able to bring a carbon. If you're if you're tar and you could come, then you're also able to send your carbon. You could bring a carbon. But someone who's not able to come inside is not in the category of bringing a carbon. So since someone who's Tommy, it's mamshin is her car. It's for him to come inside, so he can't come into the azara. He's exempt from bringing and sending his carbonos as well. This is the side. You're not high. You cannot bring carbonos. can't send carbonos if you cannot appear in the Azar. So therefore, we understand that Tommy person who cannot appear is not going to be sending his carbonos. L-R-L. But this other din of an uncircumcised person that he's also pater. He's pater. Right? What's the issue? He, pastures, he could show up. He may not be happy that the person is uncircumcised. But why does that affect his ability to bring a carbon? So the Gemara explains, Amani Rabbi Akiva, we're going with the lone town of Rabbi Akiva, the Marbil Arukotama. Rabbi Akiva has a Yisoyed that someone without a bris mila is treated in halacha like he has tama, like he has tama. At the time, it says in Rabbi Akiva, I'm ish ish. So we're talking about that the Torah there says that someone who's tama can't eat kachim. So it says ish ish. It's an extra word ish. The Rabbi says, Aro comes to include someone who's uncircumcised, is treated like he is tame, just as a tame coin can't eat truma, so too an uncircumcised coin cannot eat truma. That is Rabbi Akiva Shita. So Joss is over there. Someone who's uncircumcised is treated like he's impure in regard to eating truma. So too, in regard to the din of the chiv of Olas Ria, Rabbi Akiva says that the, the same way a tamay is pater from Olas Ria, so too, someone who's uncircumcised is pater from Olas Ria. But really, this is the lone tana, the lone sheet of Rabbi Akiva. Most tanam don't agree to that. Most tanam Otoma is one thing. And uh, RL is something else. And just because a tummy person is exempt, that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with an RL. But again, we, the price was following Rabbi Akiva Shita. 
Somebody who's Tame is Pater from Ria. This is really just elaborating on what we said before. Tersev, what was the source again for Tame? You only bring Karbanas when you come. So we juxtapose coming and bringing to say that if you can come in, then you send the carbon. But someone who can't come in does not send the carbon. So if the Tame person is ineligible to come, he's ineligible to send as well. Continues the price. We quoted this on Daf Beis. Someone who's only partially, even, even if he's just partially blind, he's potter from the mitzvah of Alila Rega. Why? It says in the Pasuk here, but there's no vowels in the Torah, so it just says, Yud Reish Alave. So you could read it, Yira, instead of Yira. So we put them together. The Yira and Yira. Kedera Shabbali Rose, just as HaKadosh Baruch Hu, obviously Kiviyach, comes to see the people. Come to see the people, it's Leiros. We come to be up here in front of Hashem. Hashem is going to look at us. So too, Hashem comes to us to be seen, um, by, for, for Him to be seen by the people. We're going to look at Hashem. The same way He would look at us, we look at Hashem. Just as Hashem comes to look at us with the total vision of His two eyes, so too Hashem is meant to be perceived, to be seen by the Ole Regal with two eyes. So if a person is blind in one eye, He's exempt because He won't be able to look at the Shekhinah with both of His eyes. Continues the Gemara of Huna, when he would reach this, this pasuk of that, this drasha about Ali al how it's this reciprocal idea that we look at Hashem, Hashem looks at us, he would, it would, emotion, it would be very, he would get emotion and start crying. Amar, he said to himself, you have a servant that um, the master loves him so much and the master is mamish excited to see him, right? That's this whole idea that, that we're going to go, Hashem's waiting for us to go. To meet him in Azar, Yisrachik Mimenu. Now suddenly the relationship um, it goes sour, and now the master doesn't want to be with that servant. How could it be that the, that suddenly there's a distaste that the master doesn't want to be close? He wants to be distant. What did Hashem say? When you come to be old, Hashem says, who, "Who do you want?" So this is the times that we sin. The Mesimitz is being destroyed. So that's what Hashem says. Hashem basically is saying, I don't want any more Ola Laregal. So Rav Huna was very emotional because Ali Laregal is so close, right? That's the whole point of the mitzvah that we, Hashem perceives us and we perceive Hashem. It's this, it's this reciprocal thing, two sides of the coin. Our, it represents our, our, our deep closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and how Hashem is anxiously waiting for us to come. And now things have gotten to the point Hashem saying, I, I'm not interested in you coming at all. So it made him emotional. Another time Rav Huna got emotional, when he got to this spot, he would start crying. It says you should bring your shlom and eat them there. Right? Talking about the base of Mikdash. Here you have the king is mamish. The master wants the servant to eat at the table. That's the idea of karbanos. The whole idea of karbanos of eating the kachim is that it's Hashem's table. And now he's menu. Now Hashem distanced himself from us. What does the pasuk say? Hashem says, "Why do I need your karbanos?" So initially, the karbanos are Hashem's table. He's trying to share, share the table with us. And now, again, it's gone sour. Hashem says, "What do I need your karbanos for?" Another time. Where the Amaram got emotional. When he got to this Pasuk Bachi, he wept. So, this is by Yosef and his brothers. So, when Yosef revealed himself, the Pasuk says, that the brothers couldn't answer him. They were totally shocked in front of him. So, when Yosef revealed himself, the brothers were totally shocked. They couldn't answer. If this is what happens when a human being rebukes you, right? In other words, it caused the brothers such shock when they were rebuked by Yosef that they couldn't say anything. We can only imagine Kadosh Baruch Hu would give us a rebuke. How much more so we're going to be so shocked. Very famous Beis Alevi on this Gemara. Beis Alevi is Kasha. Is, how could the Gemara say that Yosef gave them Tochacha? There was a Tochacha here? Where's the Tochacha? Yosef said, Ani Yosef Where, Where's the rebuke? 
So Beis Alevi says, you see from here, that rebuke doesn't mean you tell somebody off. That's not the point. Tochacha, the Indian of Tochacha, is a yisoyed of honesty, the facts. When a person is able to see facts in an honest way, and they're really open to what the honest truth is, that's Tochacha. Tochacha is when it's in front of you, and you're able to see truth. Sometimes we think Tochacha is in the words of criticism. Tochacha has nothing to do with criticism. It has to do with an honest realization of what is true. And that's the, the Indian, he includes the terrible, I mean, it's so, it's so scary to think about, that that's what it means, HaKadosh Baruch is going to give us Tochacha. Hashem's not going to say, you should have woken up earlier, you should have done this, you should have helped that person. It's not about what you should or shouldn't have done. It's not about the criticism. It's about honesty with the facts, understanding who we are. And that's the scariness of what the root of Tochacha really is. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Lazar came out to the Rabbi Lazar got this possible Bachi, he would cry. There's a whole story here in the Navi. Shaul was very nervous. He was going to fight the Pelishim. He didn't know if he was going to win. He couldn't ask Shmuel. Shmuel was gone. So he got this whole sorcerer to call up um, the spirit of Shmuel from the, from the grave. So Shmuel was very nervous. He said, why are you disturbing me? You're calling me up. Mashmuel said, well, why was he? It must be he was afraid of the din. Mashmuel said he was afraid of the din. He was nervous of the with judgment from Hashem. Shmuel was nervous. More so, we have what to be nervous about. So the Shmuel Mahi, where do we see that Shmuel was nervous about the judgment? So the Gemara explains, the city of the Bazar, I told me, Yishal Shoel Kim, right? You see, Olim. The woman said to Shoel, this is the woman who brought up the spirit of Shmuel. She says, I saw a great man coming from the earth. Olim is in the plural, Trey Mashmas. Mashmas, two people came. So what's Pshat? Shmuel is coming back from the dead, the spirit of Shmuel. But why, why, why does it say Olim in the plural? The answer is Shmuel always had Moshe with him. Shmuel and the other person was Moshe. Shmuel went and he brought Moshe with him. Maybe the reason I'm being summoned, I'm being summoned to, to judgment. So Shmuel begged for Moshe, come stand with me. The lake of Milsa, the Chavs, there's nothing that says in the Torah that I haven't fulfilled. So he basically, he wanted Moshe Rabbeinu to vouch for him. That's more, more like the whole point, that you should testify for me. So we see that Shmuel was nervous to go to the judgment by himself. So Shmuel Hanavi, the great one, Avi is nervous. So we certainly have what to be nervous about. Another time they were nervous. When Ami got this pasuk, he started crying. It says in the pasuk, the pasuk here, in Eicha Yitin Va'afar Piu Ula Yishtikah, put um, his mouth to, to, to dirt, maybe there is hope. So in other words, if he really changes and he's eating dirt and he's punished, maybe there will be hope for the person. So Amar, Kule, Hai, Ulai, all the suffering, all the suffering is going to happen and still it's only maybe that it's going to be better. If he suffers all this, then would, you would think for sure he's going to be survived, everything's going to be good. But you see in the Pasuk, it's only possible. You're supposed to be looking and for seeking righteousness, humility. Maybe you'll be concealed on the day of Hashem's anger. Now, maybe Hashem's anger won't punish you. So, Amar Kula Abulai, again, you're going to accomplish all this spiritual stuff, and it's only going to be maybe. That's a very scary thing. You should hate bad. love good. Mishpat, get justice by the gate. Maybe Hashem will grant favor. So you can do all that spiritual stuff and still it's only maybe. There are people who are below Mishpat. They, they're gathered in. They're being killed. They die without justification, meaning they didn't sin to deserve it. They just die early. So Amar, Rabbi Yosef said, Mika, the Azab blows him. Is there such a thing that somebody just dies early without it deserving it? So the Mars says, In, was always around him. 
And a story occurred. One time, Malach said to his agent, Go bring me Miriam, who braids the women's hair. Azal, the agent went, Miriam Darki. Brought Miriam, a different Miriam, the one who took care of the young children. So Amalei, the angel said, I'm not Miriam, I told you a different Miriam, the Miriam who braids the hair. So Amalei, the agent said, So let me return the other Miriam to life. So Amalei, the, the Malachamav said, No. Once you already brought her, she should be counted among the dead. So we see that a mistake can be made and somebody can die prematurely. So Rabbi said to the Malach, How can you take someone who's not supposed to die? So the angel said, I mean, this Misabah day, she was taking a poker in her hand. She was sticking it. And obviously to the oven. and sweeping it out the oven. She took the poker out and she put it on top of her foot. She burned herself. And when she burned herself, her mazel was hurt. And then I was able to bring her. Once the mazel was hurt, I was able to kill her. Can you do this? Just kill people who don't deserve it? The angel said, he quoted this passage. People can be gathered in even though it's not deserved. So generation goes and generation comes. Which is mashma, that a generation has to have its full amount of time. You don't just get replaced early on. So Amr, the angel said, I take the souls that are prematurely died until they complete the generation. Until the years are over. And then, I give it to Duma. Duma is the angel who's in charge of the dead. So, um, you know, it's basically, we're saying there's going to be a wandering of the souls until the years are complete. And then, finally, it's given to Duma. So, a person could die young, but it's not given over to Duma until the years are complete. So, Amalei, Rabbi Bibi said, so, 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 what do you do with the years? Meaning, like, there are years that are unfinished. So, Amalei, if there's a young Torah scholar who's a good person, he forgives other people. I add those years to his life. He'll be the person who died young. He'll be a replacement for that person. Really interesting concepts here. So we see that there is an idea of a person, where a person unjustifiably because of a mistake will die young. The neshama just wanders until it's the time. And the extra years can get added on to a Zorba Mirabanan's life.